Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Chris, I hope all is well. Welcome into the game. I am busy. I am am sleep deprived. Um, So many openings that are coming in earlier and earlier due to the college calendar, which we've talked about, that's made it... Usually it's starting now, Ryan, and now it's like that's uh, it started. I mean, we've been it's been gone for a few weeks now, so yeah, it's that time of year. And let me also say this because we've got breaking news out of the college football playoff headquarters. Uh, they are going to kick the ball on down the road. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about that in the last couple of weeks, but um, they're pretty much saying now that uh, they're not going to make a decision today to expand the playoff. They will continue to talk and discuss. There's one more uh, meeting, um, you know, for something that had a lot of traction with a 12-team playoff has kind of hit a lot of road bumps. And there doesn't seem to be, you know, there is some uh, support behind this, but, um, you know, they will meet once again in January. And if they're not able to get there, then uh, they may not have this 12-team playoff, at least in the immediate future. Yeah, I think if they can't get it done, um, in January, then then we can push it back further when it's going to start. Or you know, I think it's going to eventually happen. I mean, we all know it's it's the politics of it. It's the as it always is. And and I, this thing looked like it was virtually wrapped up, signed, sealed, and not quite delivered, but signed and sealed until the Oklahoma Texas stuff came up and a lot of hard feelings. And what did you know? And why didn't you share this? Yada yada yada. And that that's led to I think a lot of this. In the end, I think cooler heads will prevail, and they'll figure out what's the best way. And, um, but I'm not surprised that they kick this down the can again. I, I just think a lot of the key people are are not there. I think you got Jack Swarbrick, who's got more important fish to fry in South Bend, staying at home, taking care of. But I think there's a lot of reasons why they couldn't quite get. And he was a big part of this on this committee. I, I think in January they'll have a little bit more stability with things, a lot of balls in the air. Now I'm hoping that they're able to get it figured out, Ryan, in January. You know, and I've, I proposed this question of how this weekend will interfere uh, with the discussion, because let's just play the scenario game. Let's say that, you know, everybody wins and uh, Cincinnati beats Houston. And, uh, you know, let's say Alabama beats Georgia and you got, there's two spots right there that are gone. And then, you know, let's say Michigan wins their game. Uh, and, and Cincinnati wins, but maybe somehow they're left out. Um, 
You know, if if Oklahoma in your scenario, if Oklahoma State wins, then then the answer is who gets in Oklahoma State or Cincinnati? Yeah, and then, because because Georgia, Alabama, and Michigan would be in under your scenario, and so, it's just if. If, if Cincinnati and Oklahoma State win, that's it. Not to interrupt you, but that's it. That's the one that would – uh-oh, what, what what do they do then? Sure. And I think a lot of them right now are not wanting to commit to a decision uh, unless they see, you know, are we going to have a chance? And, you know, I'm I'm a little bit split on the, the, the group of five. I, I look at it and I say, okay, if you compare Georgia and Cincinnati, that'd be a blowout. I mean, it'd be – who knows how many touchdowns. But – uh, I also say that, you know, when everybody starts in August, their goals are the same to compete for a championship. And we're literally shutting the door before the season ever starts. So, you know, there's a part of me that has that type of feeling, but I understand that the gap uh, between, you know, these major conferences and these smaller conferences. It, it is. I think, as I've said before, we don't need more than four teams to determine the national champion, but, for the good of college football, it's about access to which to which your point is, is I think this Cincinnati team is pretty good. I, I, I can't sit here and pound the table that they are absolutely deserving of being the in the four, but they're really good. They're better than than the Central Florida team, in my opinion, that that was went unbeaten. But, you know, they don't have a chance to prove it and they don't have a schedule that is commensurate with what you have to do in other major conferences, power five leagues. So they are not proving it against comparable schedules. So it's not apples to oranges, but they don't get the chance to. Well, you know, that's one of the issues that expanding it would allow. Now, you know, in other words, if you're in 12, if you go to 12, then you've got to win more than just one game. Like, I, I think that if you do that, then it allows if there's a deserving Central Florida Cincinnati. You don't just win one game and you're in the national championship. Now, you're going to have to win a little bit more, and you're going to have to do it. Now, it's a, it's a, it creates more access, and it maybe gets a team that's a little bit hot or, you know, a little bit rested to maybe make a run in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think it's something that we're headed towards, and I do think that um, – you know, uh, that maybe the group of five folks are looking at it. But, you know, I think you got to remember Cincinnati's going into the Big 12 next year. So, I, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and how they how they sort it out. All right. So our audience wants to know uh, just your evaluation of Alabama and Auburn uh, when you look at the conversation there and when you look at what went wrong and what went correct? I mean, at the end of the day, they won, they won the game. But uh, help me evaluate that game from your perspective. Yeah, more of the same on offense. Really poor job. Line of scrimmage poor. Can't run the football. Just left a lot of plays on the field. And, and quite frankly, didn't distinguish themselves offensively against Auburn's defense. Didn't do anything well enough from a sustainable standpoint. And defensively, Look, they did a – I mean, they, they kept them in the game. Um, you know, didn't allow the game to get out of hand and to where it was too big of a comeback. Um, but they weren't doing it against a an explosive offense either or, or, or even a really good offense. It's not even with their starting quarterback. So, you know, certainly side to the defense at least getting it done, but offensively was very disconcerting watching them. They just, just – 
at times they're a very average looking team offensively at other times, not even that at other times they look pretty good with that said, (laughs) you know, there, there's something in certain players that there, there are ways you can describe it. And it, it, I could wax poetic, but I just call Bryce young, a flatliner. That guy doesn't, he's just not, he's almost mechanically, just go out and no, feels no pressure, sees no pressure, just, I mean, almost no business on a 95-plus-yard drive, driving him back and doing what he did, except <laughs> he did it. He did it. And with, without their best receiver, and look, I think that, you know, the best receiver in the game, and, and, and if you look at this Alabama team, and I was just on a show in Atlanta – previewing the game just before I got off. And I was talking about you could take at least two of the three, Bryce, Will Anderson, and you could if you're looking at the best players in college football, you, you probably could invite both of those guys to New York. They've had that good of a year. And the, and the receiver, <laughs> Jameson Williams has been outstanding. Not To not have him, m- maybe that's a difference in the game that maybe makes it not as close. We, we don't know. But you got to be impressed. And I, my instant thought was – you know what? What a just a good win to get out of there with a win. Not impressive. Doesn't, you know, doesn't look real impressive on tape when I broke it down. A lot of flaws, but they're finding a way to win. And I think one of the things that people have to understand about this team is they probably don't like hearing this, but they're not as good, anywhere near as good as some of the great teams but they still find ways to win. It's almost like teams that I look at at times that are really subpar in some areas, but they find a way to overcome it. They, they coach their way out of it. And you know what? They've, there are a lot of one-possession games for this Alabama team this year. Why is that? One, when they get a lead, they can't protect the lead because they can't run the football and work a four-minute offense like they used to. And B, they they can't explode on people like they used to. Um, But they still find ways to win, which is a credit to them. And why I've said for a few weeks why the head coach is kind of – he will never say this. He'll never admit to this. But I've known him enough to know that he probably senses, you know, this team is about getting done – about as much as I could expect. I know he says differently, but this team just doesn't doesn't have some of the pedigree that the others have had. And, and, you know, you could look at other situations, and there's been more games that could have been lost than probably, well, they only won, only lost one. So you're looking at the A&M game, which they could have won. And yet, you know, they're finding a way to win. So, I mean, congrats to them. So that's the, the good and the bad out of it, that they're winning – stylistically not really good and now it's just uh i think the game plan is to figure out can we get in a game can we have one game one week to where we put it together maybe like AM put it together against us and AM didn't do it before or since can we do that can we find a way to create turnovers force mistakes play loose be aggressive and find a way to maybe get this into a one-possession game, say, late third quarter, and make Georgia nervous because that's 
you know, if it's a close game, you know, the one advantage that Alabama has here is that the quarterback uh, is just really, really good. Now, the play around them, the protection and everything probably won't be good enough to do it or accomplish it, but it, it, it gives them a chance anyway. It's the way I kind of see it. All right, so let, let's go back. I've got one, a couple of quick questions, and I know you hit on this as far as the protection. What was it that Auburn was doing or what Alabama was not doing on that offensive line? We've picked on them all week, uh, and, and we've had different people that kind of evaluated, but just kind of what did you see that they had so much issues with the struggles? Where did they come from? Well, they did a pretty – Auburn did a pretty good job of slanting their front a little bit. They penetrated. They forced a lot of um, negative plays with their defense. They're, they're pretty good there. They've got a good scheme, uh, but they've done a really good job. It led to some of the mistakes that they had. I thought they stemmed their front a little bit and caused them a little problems. A, a pre-snap movement was a bit of an issue as well. Um, I thought – the pass protection was better down the stretch. Um, but I really thought Auburn beat them off the line of scrimmage. And I thought they did a really good job slanting their front and stemming their front, which gave them some real penetrative advantages. And look, a lot of what they did when they brought some pressure, they brought a little overload pressure. They brought a little uh, couple of twists and stunt looks. They really copied what I have said here now for a few weeks, what LSU copied against A&M. And what, I mean, it's, it's, it's like – this is an overstatement. I don't, know, it, I don't want to call it chum in the water, but it's kind of like, okay, you're watching that offensive line and you say, yeah, you know what? We're going to make them protect. We're going to make them communicate. We're going to overload them. We're going to frustrate them. We're going to bring a lot of pressure. They they sense the weakness. They sense the little bit of blood there. And, you know, until you can show that we got the answers to fix it and make them pay, they're they going to keep coming after you. And I, I'll just say this, that the shark in the water, if we want to stay with that analogy, is a bigger, badder, meaner, hungrier, uglier one this week than anyone they've seen thus far. We're talking to Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, LandryFootball.com. So let's stop here. And uh, Chris, I I know you've got a great sponsor that you want to talk about here in just a couple of seconds, but I also want to have a chance to to just preview that we're going to be talking about Georgia. And I'm going to ask Chris – Uh, to fill in the blank. How can Alabama beat Georgia? He's already given you one advantage that he thinks favors Alabama in one of these fourth quarter type games because Alabama may be a little bit battle tested. I may be putting words in his mouth, but we'll get him to overanalyze that. And then we'll talk about some of these other championship games. We'll talk about some of the new coaches uh, that are in college football. It's LandryFootball.com, the great website. If you love football you're gonna love landryfootball.com and chris is able to offer the analysis like he does here and we focus on alabama we focus on the southeastern conference but chris is able to do this on not just the college but the nfl and he offers this evaluation uh but chris i i want to go back to uh, a sponsor and i want you to tell us more about everything that you're offering there well, uh, yeah, and folks, uh, check out LandryFootball.com for all the film room breakdowns. But I want to really, uh, my appearance, uh, uh, I really appreciate being brought to you by courtesy of my pillow, uh, which is a not only has pillows, but bed sheets they've sent me, towels, 
great holiday gift, give them a call at 1-800-659-2338 and enter the promo code LANDRY. It's my last name, L-A-N-D-R-Y. They've got some specials that they're running. They're really like nice sheets, towels, pillows, whatever you want, but you get a over 60% discount, they tell me, if you use that code. So get your loved one a holiday gift there. And it's MyPillow.com. Enter the code word Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y, Landry. Uh, Chris Landry here visiting with us, made possible there by his sponsor. We'll continue right here on the game. We'll get into many different things here with Chris Landry. We'll break down Alabama football. Nick Saban talks following our program today, uh, and he'll give us an update following practice. We'll carry that here on Tide 100.9. But we continue with what Alabama needs to do to find a victory against the Dogs. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl, is crazy about Elvis, loves horses and her boyfriend too. And it's a long The analysis is provided by Chris. Uh, he's been a coach. He's been a scout. He's an administrator. We're going to talk about some of the coaching changes. I know he's been talking about that nonstop. We're also talking about this SEC championship game. And uh, Chris, going back to this offensive line, before we kind of set this up with how Alabama can win the game, what can you do to help an offensive line that's struggling? Is this something that can be – I know some of it may be able to be corrected, but I mean, is this something that you can fix in five days? No, you can't really fix the offensive line in five days. What you have to do is, I think, do a better job of working around the deficiencies that are there. How do you do that? Well, there are a couple of things. I think you can run some jumbo formations. We've seen a little bit of that, but mainly in short yardage goal lines where you have, you know, you know, uh, uh, two tight ends, basically tackles playing the tight end position. So you've got more numbers that can help so you don't have a guy out on island. In pass protection, the ball's just got to come out quicker. I mean, you can talk about, you know, we're going to go deep and we're going to challenge your secondary. You're not doing anything unless you have pass protection. No, the, when, when you're talking about working the football vertically, anywhere, anytime with anyone, it starts first, not with the quarterback, not with the receivers, but with the protection. Because if you don't have time for those rods to progress, you've got nothing. Well, how do you really do that? Well, you've got to slow down the pass rush by making the pass, and this is where the biggest problem is, by making the defense fear your run game. So the biggest problem that they've had, it's not just the pass protection. It's the fact that they that and they can't run the football. People are not respecting Alabama's run game enough. It's now one of the weaker four or five run offenses in the sec this year which is unreal to think of but that's kind of where they are and it stems from you know the the maybe the positions that they're in but but it is offensive line play so how do you do it the ball's got to come out you're going to have to find a way to run it how do you do that well you're going to have to you know i don't 
suggest you come out and run tight, heavy. I think what you've got in, in the in the large part of the field, I think you've got to work the screen game. I think you got to work misdirection. I think you got to get this Georgia fast flow defense going in the wrong direction. I think you need to hit them with a lot of misdirection. I think you're going to have to work the quick passing game, and the receivers are going to have to make plays after the catch. The ball's going to have to come out quick on three-step drops. Not, you know, maybe some five steps, seven step drops, not recommended here, not on, not unless it's on early downs. If you get them in a run, look, you've just got to defensively. So get the ball out quicker. You're going to have to make plays. This is going to have to be one of those games where you don't have drops that you find a way to do all the little things. Well, uh, I think the tight ends are going to be a factor. I think they're going to have to be a factor in both run blocking and certainly helping there and chipping, and they're going to have to be effective in the passing game. So, look, work the middle of the field, work outside the field, but but I think maybe roll the quarterback out a little bit more. I think if there's a game in which you might encourage your quarterback to run a little bit more, uh, this would be the time to do it. You know, this would be the time to say, look, if the options are, sh- you know, let's try to make a play with your feet a little bit more than you might have – been asked him to do uh, most of the, the the season so you can't really you know you don't want to get too far behind in this game if at all you got to keep this game close so that's what you've got to do on offense but Brian I'm going to tell you and, and I, I, maybe I'm jumping ahead but this game for Alabama if they're going to pull the upset it's going to be with their defense and I'll leave it there and I'll, I'll, I'll expound upon it more but I want to shut my mouth for a second to see where you wanted to go with it. Okay. Well, I mean, I got a million questions coming in from different people saying, Hey, ask him this, ask him this. I'm not going to be able to get to all those. Uh, but I would like to go back. You said use the screen game. This has not been a part of Alabama's offense for a while. Um, is this something that's always a part, even though they don't show it in the games? I mean, do you, I mean, you've been around I, football for a long time. Is this generally a, a concept that most people have in their offense? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big screen guy. Of course, I've spent a lot of time um, in recent years with the guy that I think designs screens the best in all of football, and that's Sean Payton right up the road for me. Um, I'm a big screen guy. Now, a lot of it's timing and – you know, obviously the fact they don't use it is as much as I would like to see them use it. See, I think that's the real – that's basically the screen game is running the football. That's all it is. It's just pitching it on an easy throw, and that's the, it's, a, it's an outside run. It starts and looks differently. Okay, I'm not talking about technically throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. That it's, I'm talking about the fact that it – makes the defense spread out a little bit and it forces a lot of tight coverage. And then you can come back with, with a lot of bunch sets where you can free guys for an open route where you might catch a, a big pass outside the number. And that's, that's where you can have a lot of success with some big plays. So I'm a big screen guy. They haven't been, um, don't know that they're going to run a lot. I would, I don't know that if they are comfortable enough and how they're running it or teaching it, not there in practice every day. So I don't know. But that certainly is what, what I would want to do. And there's a bunch of them. The tunnel screen, the bubble. There are a lot of screens. But timing is essential with those. And maybe the timing hasn't And when I don't mean timing play calling, I mean the timing when it comes out. Because how you set up the blocks, it, it's. I think it's a really good 
pressure beater, pass rush pressure beater. It, it makes those guys chase it, Ryan. Those D linemen have to run and chase it, and they get frustrated because the ball comes out too quickly, and they can't do their damage if, you know, I just don't like Alabama in this game if they're running heavy seven-step drops. I just don't, you know, on early downs perhaps, but if they do that a lot, there are going to be a lot of pressures. There are going to be a lot of sacks, and there will be a lot of heartache in Tuscaloosa, I'm, a, I'm afraid. We're talking to Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Chris, I look at Alabama, and let's just assume that Brian Robinson is not able to go. We, we don't know if he's going to be able to go. Um, if that's the case, because I, Nick Saban said, you know, they're going to test it and see if he's able to go. But if he's not, if, if, if he is not able to go, Alabama will be down to one scholarship running back that they've recruited. They've moved some other guys from other positions into that role. Uh, Nick Saban was asked about this on Monday and said, hey, have you ever been a part of a team that had one scholarship back? And he said, no. Um, You go into this game one-dimensional. If you're not able to run the football, uh, it's lights out in in Atlanta, Uh, right? I mean, if you you tell this defense, hey, we're not able to do this and they're able to – pin their ears back and come after you, um, good luck. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. And, and look, the, the line has gotten criticized. It, it's not about – I don't like – I don't like criticizing, and I don't mean to criticize, but to critique it, you can poke a lot at the line, but, but they don't have that – what I would call the consistent special back, not compared to what they've had before. There's no Najee Harris there. And, and – you're hitting on why that running game, they haven't been as comfortable with it either. Yeah, up front, but they don't have a back that can make you miss. I mean, you know, they don't have a guy that can create and be his own blocker, as we like to call it. That's the the real issue is that they just – it's hard for anybody to accept, and it's really hard for anybody to understand that doesn't study it, that what do you mean Alabama doesn't have that? They don't have it. You just said it. One scholarship running back left. That's not what they normally have. They normally got four, five. They're just waiting, you know, two years from now, this guy's going to be the, you know, you know they're, they're, I mean, it'll be fine down the road, I think, but they don't have it right now. And they don't have, well, I mean, they've got, a great receiver, and I think they've got some really good ones, but it's certainly a step down from above. And then the offensive line, it's all of that together that's made the offense, you know, pretty ordinary looking at a lot of times this year. Um, so they're going to have to they're going to have to put it all together. And, and quite frankly, if you want to call it this way, a lightning in a bottle, and they're going to need some help from Georgia to make some mistakes. You're right. How are you going to run the football? How are you going to Throw it consistently. Well, you're not. And and if you're throwing it downfield a bunch and you don't have a running game, you're in trouble. So screen games, you know, reverses, jet sweep, things that you can't run a steady diet of, but I think you got to integrate it in a little bit. You better get this defensive front moving, and you better try to create a light box because I don't even know if you got a good running game, you're going to run it well against this defensive front. So Is there I think a you're going to – on that defensive team that you see? The, 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 the only way, if you have time to throw it, I think you can have some success attacking the secondary, but nobody has time. Nobody has time. So you can't beat the coverage because the coverage 
doesn't have to cover very long in Georgia secondary. So if you, yeah, you can beat them in seven on seven. <laughs> they do that pretty well in there. You know, they just, you, you, you bring all of them in there. You just, you, you, you can't block them long enough. And if you have success, it's still not, the linebackers are good. The linebackers are active. The linebackers getting the passing game. And they do, they basically do a lot of what Alabama does Technique-wise, they play a lot of pattern match. So people say, well, they play man. They pattern match. So basically they play zone, a lot of two deep man under. So what they can do is if you can defend with seven, they got two split safeties there a lot of the times. So they can prevent the big play, and they surely can prevent it if you don't have a lot of time. So you got to take some chunk shot early. You know, you got you got to find a way to create some softness. And look, you got to find some way – uh, uh, you know, and, and we've seen Nick do this in big games before. It may be a a fake punt to keep to keep the ball. It may be a a great punt, a great punt or kick return. It's going to have to be that type of game, you know. Um, Kenyon Drake running the kick return back for a touchdown, getting. I mean, it just it's going to have to be that type of a game. Um, they're going to have to be very creative and they're going to have to win in those situations and maybe get Georgia to play a little tight in the, in the second half. If it's close, they'll get tight, but can you get there? Can you get it late? I don't don't know. All right, we'll stop here. We'll come back. And uh, Chris said, he he said, you know, there may be a really good scenario for Alabama to go. You know, we've talked a lot about Alabama's offense against that defense, but let's flip it and go Alabama defense against that offense. And we'll see if, if Stetson Bennett and company can have success against Alabama's defense, that and a lot more. We will continue. That is Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, LandryFootball.com. And also this segment sponsored by my pillow. Remember the code word Landry, and you can find the radio tab there and put in Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y, Landry, uh, for that special discount offer, MyPillow.com. I'm changing lanes and talking on the phone, driving way too fast. And the interstate's jammed with gunners like me, afraid of coming in last. Somewhere in the race we run We're coming on down Days go by I can feel fire We welcome you right back into the game Here in Tuscaloosa, we do it every day Two until six, we talk a lot about Alabama Crimson Tide football We're going to be heading to Atlanta tomorrow We'll be broadcasting Thursday and Friday Live from Atlanta as we'll get you ready for the SEC Championship Uh, The Players that we've had a chance to talk with and the coaches tomorrow are going to be doing a joint. Uh, when I say joint, it's uh, all of this COVID stuff has added other elements to it. Uh, but you got Kirby Smart at 1230 and Nick Saban at one. It'll be a combined press conference, but they won't be on the same stage together like they've done in the past. Uh, and those are always unique. But uh, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban uh, going into the SEC championship game. Two guys that know each other. Uh, let's go to the defensive side of the football. You, you mentioned and kind of hinted earlier. Uh, that you thought that Alabama uh, had some options uh, on the defensive side of the football to win it uh, and, and to play, I guess, not win it, but just keep them in the game. Uh, when you see it, kind of help us understand what you're referring to. Well, I think if we're talking about an Alabama win next week, you know, when we get together, there's no way we talk about it if we don't lead with what a defensive effort. I think this is where Alabama has to win it. 
And so how specifically you do it? If you look at Georgia, you know, they, they have been challenged by some good offenses. And they have met the challenge. But they've not faced great defenses. And I'm not going to sell anybody on Alabama's being a great defense because they haven't been great. They're going to need to be great Saturday. They're going to need to be great on Saturday. They're going to have to take away, by hook or by crook, Georgia's run game. And they're going to have to force. You're going to have to make sure that you don't give any escape lanes for the quarterback because he'll beat you with his legs. Um, Not by design, but improvisationally. You're going to have to really have a great game defensively, overloading the run, bringing a lot of uh, a gap pressure between the center and the guards. You're going to have to you're going to have to really attack them and create a lot of negative plays. Now it's gonna it's gonna require you to take some risks, and you might might give up a big play or two, and and you know that's that's the risk you got to take. Can't win this game unless you really come after them aggressively on defense, but you're going to have to be on point. I mean, you're going to have to get home with blitzes. You're going to have to create negative plays in the run game. You're going to have to force them to play in third and long, live in third and long, and you're going to have to play the ball better than they played in the secondary this year at any point. They're going to have to have their best game. This is a good Georgia offense, but it is not – the equivalent of their defense. The defense is loaded, all world. Good luck trying to beat them. The, you're going to have to have a lot of help, meaning good field position, turnovers to be able to penetrate consistently that defense. But if Alabama's defense is able to get a lot of negative plays early and make this a closer game, meaning like a 24, you know, I mean, you know, Alabama can score 17, 21 points, you, you know, even against this defense. If you can make this a, a one-possession game and you can only do this with your defense, you got a shot. And you got a shot and, and you know, maybe making a 97-yard drive against this defense, not the same as doing it against Auburn. No, it's not. But you got a shot. They won't tell you this, but I, I think that's, you know, because I think they're the – they obviously played a certain way out there, but you give this Alabama staff a shot in the fourth quarter, they'll take it right now. Cause right now they're looking at tape thinking how the heck we're going to stop them. So to me, it's defense. Oh yeah. You, you have to score points, but I think you're going to have to create short fields with your defense to score points. I think you're going to have to do that. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. Cause again, I think the running game is going to be going to have to be, we're going to have to run formationally to create a soft box. You're going to have to get those defenders out of the box in order to be able to run. I don't think they'll be able to run against the base front of Georgia. So I think that their best chance is with their defense. And again, early downs, be very aggressive, be really sound with their run fits. Um, they're going to have to, they're, going to have to cover well they're really the safeties are going to have to do a better job uh, i think the the corners are going to have to carry routes a little bit deeper i think the linebackers are going to have to play well underneath you cannot let bowers beat you for goodness sakes that guy's beating everybody he is the safety valve he is the guy that bennett looks to um you gotta check him off the line of scrimmage if he lines up even the tight end formation like he's going to block, 
they're going to set up the screen with him. You've got to stay home against him. So you got to jam him and attack him off the line of scrimmage so he can't be effective in the passing game. That's the formula. Now, it is real easy to talk about it, Ryan. It's a lot harder to do it because they're good, and they find a way to grind you, and they can run the football, and their offensive line does do a good job, and they can establish the line of scrimmage. They better not be able to establish the line of scrimmage Saturday because if they do, there ain't a whole lot I can give you to, to, to make a case. That's the case right there. Two Defensive questions. effort. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, two questions. Stetson Bennett, how much has he grown as a quarterback? And if he struggles, how quick do you think they'll go to JT Daniels? He's grown an awful lot. He is very cerebral. Uh, he makes good decisions. And here's the thing that he does so well. He has a knack for being able to run when things break down. He doesn't make mistakes a whole lot. When he misses a throw, it's physically. He usually maybe will try to force it in. Try to force it, get him forced, get some turnovers. That, that's going to be the key. I don't know. Um, look, that is a great question that I am, I am asked myself that I don't have the answer. I think he stays with Stetson Bennett. If the game becomes championship game-like where they can't move the football, like, you know, Jalen Hurts to Tua, I mean, are you going to see him do it? I mean, in Kirby, is he going to do it? Is he going to swallow hard and do it? Is it? You know I mean? It's, it's going to be real interesting to see because there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. But what is the quote-unquote knock on Kirby? Man, he's built an elite program. Man, he's he looks like Bama, but in game day in those situations, he's not always made the right decision. He's got quote unquote the better team, so I think if they're struggling to score, you, you might see JTN. But but my sense is is he going to ride with Stenson to protect the football? If if they make the switch, they're in trouble. I mean, you hope for the switch. Obviously, if you're an Alabama fan. Because they're making the switch. They're making the switch for a reason. Because they, they think they're riding with who gives them the best chance to win. And if that's not working, and JT Daniels has to come, and I, you know, that, that, that'll be interesting to see. I don't know that it's going to work out quite as well as Tua coming in for Bama, but we'll see. Well, could it be a quarterback uh, change? Uh, and I'll, I'll just leave you with this before we, we segue into other coaching changes. Um, you know, you go back to in your state. Uh, Miami, Alabama, underdog. Uh, we know that outcome, 34-13. Somebody reminded me of that a few minutes ago. Uh, go to Santa Clara, Alabama was the heavy favorite. Uh, I think I go to Tampa, Alabama was the favorite against. So, you know, it's one of these uh, number one matchups. Uh, sometimes that ranking can go to your head, and, you know, you look at the dogs, uh, you know, the psychological side of it, and we've had people on, I'm sure you feel the same way. Georgia's in. Regardless, uh, I know the motivation is always to take down Alabama, but, uh, you know, you you might have the human nature of a little bit of complacency set in and understand, hey, we're, we're already there. Uh, but that perfect season is always a, a motive as well. Well, I'll throw another one out at you. Now, it was pre-playoff era. It was BCS era. Tennessee is getting ready to go play in the SEC championship game. And it was assumed they were going to win and they were going to be playing for their second national championship. This is after they won their one against FSU. And a 
underdog team who lost their starting quarterback early in the game beat Tennessee and Philip Fulmer with a backup quarterback. That team was none other than Nick Saban coached LSU. Matt Mock coming in, coming in the game. Well, uh, you, you hopefully I've got a rabbit in their hat and uh, Bill O'Brien, uh, Doug Marone. Uh, maybe there's a there's a plan. Uh, you know, would you would you see a a wildcat formation? I mean that that won't really be successful against Georgia, right? I mean, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not not in a a heavy dose of it. I mean, I mean, no. I, but I mean, could you see something like that goal line short yardage? Absolutely. I think you'll see wrinkles. I think you'll see wrinkles. I think you'll see aggressiveness. Look, it is not the typical Alabama game, right, where normally we're talking about you do what you do well and we take care of our business, it'll be good enough. They're going to be a little bit more of an aggressive approach. Nick's been in this situation before. He's done it with an undermanned team at Michigan State against a much-talented Ohio State team. I just gave you one that he did against Philip Fulmer in Tennessee. Um, he's done it before. It's going to be throw a lot of – take a lot of chances. And when you take chances, you know how that's going to be. Man, it's a fake fake punt. It works. What a great call. It doesn't work. What are you doing running the fake punt there? You know, it's just – it's a – but you're going to have to probably take some chances. I, I – an onside kick. Look, I mean, I can – I was there when – you know, when, um, uh, uh, you know, Sean Payton basically decided we need an extra possession. We can't beat the Colts and Peyton Manning unless we get an extra possession. They, were, they had an onside kick to start the second half. I'm not saying they're going to do that specifically, but I, I think that, well, I just told you the onside kick in, against Clemson in the championship sure. game when they decided they, they were, we can't stop them. We can't, we have to steal a possession. So how do you do it? There'll be something put in. And if the right situation calls for it, they'll run it. It'll, they'll run a couple of things. I don't think they're going to leave stuff in the, in the bank. Now the key is how well you're able to execute it. And um, obviously that's what this week of practice has been all about. We're going to have to be aggressive. And you know, a lot of it too is about, Hey, look, play hard, just compete, have fun. All the things that he's saying, trying to build confidence. Cause right now, you know, he's trying to get his guys to believe that they can win it. So the whole thing is to, to build it. We've been here before. You could do this. You know, and just play great. Just have fun. Don't. He's going to try to relieve the pressure of look. You know, one expects you to win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a bleep what anybody thinks. You go and do it. They're doubting you. We don't doubt you. This is why you're here. You're built for games like this, and this is what you have to do. And he's going to come with three things. That's going to say you got to focus on three things to do, and it's going to be based towards what assignment wise they have to do and then he's going to get them to focus on that to focus on that takes their mind off of focusing on the big picture oh we got to beat georgia no 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 you don't have to beat georgia you have to go out do your job execute it every series and mount the pressure to them take the pressure to them and let them deal with the pressure because i'm telling you ryan if and i'm not saying it is but if it's close into the fourth quarter 
all the pressure. I mean, all the pressure's on Georgia. I get it. If Alabama doesn't win, they don't make the playoffs. But still, I'm telling you, Georgia's got everything into this. This is all about – I know they make it either way. But doubt will start to creep in a little bit if it's close. I think they want to – they don't want to have a game that's close because I just – you know, if it's close, either team can win it. If it's a decisive win, I, I don't see Alabama winning decisively, to quite honest with you. But so, you know, it's a close game, which would be great to watch and be, be intrigued by. But, yeah, that's, that's, I think, the plan. That's how you play it. I think you, you're aggressive with it. And you take the pressure away of don't worry about winning it. Go out and play your best, do your best, and then the result will be that, you know what, you're in a game and you got a chance. And you know what, we've done this before. We did it against boom, 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 boom. They've done it like three or four times this year where they could have easily lost, and they won. We know how to win these games. Get it close. Everybody get it close. We like our chances if we get it close. That's how you got to sell it. Hey, Chris, we'll end it right there. Tell me more about MyPillow and LandryFootball.com and everything that you guys are able to offer. And we'll, we'll cover the coaching searches. They'll, they'll be there next week. Uh, so we'll talk about those, and we'll recap this SEC championship game. We talked 54 minutes on Alabama and Georgia, and, and, and we gave a very comprehensive breakdown. Tell me about LandryFootball.com and also your sponsor, MyPillow.com. Well, appreciate it. We're, we're working on an even more detailed breakdown of Alabama, Georgia, and some of the key personnel matchups. And in more detail, I mentioned some things that need to d- get done. Well, Landry, how do you do it? Well, that really, as you know, I talk too long anyway. That gives you a lot of real detail of we're going to have that for you, as well as all the games, Conference USA, ACC, everyone. We're going to have them all, certainly all the NFL stuff, all the coaching search stuff. All the inside information, LandryFootball.com, all the podcasts, uh, shows like this, we've got it all for you. So take advantage of the football season sale. Great sales discount, great holiday gift for the loved ones in your family. And we really appreciate MyPillow.com because my appearance is brought to you by uh, courtesy of MyPillow. Reach out to them at 1-800-659-2338. Enter the promo code Landry. What does that get you? Get you a great pillow. I just got one. Man, I love the way it just holds the firmness to it, and it's helped my neck out a little bit. But they've got sheets that are really, really good and comfortable, that special cotton, and they've got um, some pillows. they got those those ones that are really heavy instead of those cheap ones I always get. Really, really good stuff, so I thank them for that. Um, I'm going to get some more because I really like them. They've got a special discount, so take it. Another great gift idea. Make sure you put in the code Landry though because I think the the basic like the towel retails are like $109 they're I think at a limited time $39.99 so I'm not good at math I was educated in Louisiana so I don't know what percentage is that that's one heck of a deal let's leave it at that so enter the promo code L-A-N-D-R-Y and get you something for you and the missus uh, or if you're a missus for you and the hubby or whatever your significant other this holiday season it is my, MyPillow.com, 1-800-544-8939, uh, and the customer service, 1-800-308-1299. Landry is the code word. Chris Landry, I appreciate you. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Take care. We will continue. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.